From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network along with our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan and, of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us as well, and some special guests tonight, and one of our favorite people. Yes. We have lots of favorite, but the we favorite do. of the favoritists. The most favorite. Is, is the most favorite is, is here tonight, Wayne Davison. We've been working with Wayne for... Uh, Many, many years now, and uh, there's just some, some great people that he's introduced us to. And uh, I'll tell you, th- w- w- there are such neat things happening in our communities that go under the radar screen, and that's okay, you know, because good stuff happens without a lot of hoopla and a lot of spotlights and all that. But we need to let you know about it because there are some folks here tonight that are making some tremendous uh, differences in our community, especially for those uh, coming out of uh, incarceration, and the wonderful resources that are available are just absolutely incredible. We're going to let you in on that in just a couple of minutes. Right now, though, let's check with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. In 9th century Spain, even though their father was a Muslim, Arya and her two brothers were raised devout Christians by their mother. When Moorish authorities in Cordova had her brothers killed, Arya was deeply shaken. At her own trial, she was coerced into denying Jesus. After her release, Arya felt immediate remorse and took back her renunciation. In court a second time, she told the judge, execute me with the sword or give me liberty to freely serve my Lord Jesus Christ. Aria was beheaded the next day. For more from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. You know, that brings to mind, Elaine, as, as we've been studying Acts mm-hmm. uh, in the Serving Church Fellowship for, for quite a few months now. And, and you look at the Apostle Paul and what he went through. You know, we, we look at the challenges that we have today economically and, and such, and, yeah, we, we've got some uh, major giants that, that we're facing. But you consider the fact, you know, the early church fathers, the Apostle Paul, you know, he's a spat on. Uh, he was, uh, you know, they threw rocks at him to try to stone him. He was left outside the, the city gates for dead, uh, thrown into jail, you know, scourged. And, and we think we have problems, you know, and we just have to remember, man, those... Uh, 
those early believers, as uh, as the church began to break out in Jerusalem, you know, really knew what it was to to make the sacrifices, and yet they were there as servants to do whatever was necessary to answer right. the call. And uh, again, we're going to be introducing you to some great servants mm-hmm. of the city yes. here in a couple minutes. Uh, speaking of another great service, let's check in with Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals recently gave religious liberty a huge victory. They ruled in favor of Faith Fellowship Foursquare Church and against the California city of San Leandro, which had thwarted the church's efforts to move into a larger facility. The church bought an industrial building well-suited for its expansion, only to be denied rezoning and occupancy by the city after the fact. This important decision by the Ninth Circuit is a tremendous victory for churches wishing to build or expand. And it is not only binding in nine western states, it may also set precedents for other courts to follow. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, you do have to give credit where credit is due. And uh, I've often voiced my um, sincere disappointment with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. (laughs) But good for them. Yes. You know, it's a a great decision. And and this is not, you know... this is not a, a, a huge thing, I guess, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of everything, but it's, it's this little church that, that bought some property and, and was told that they could, you know, hold church services there, and then the local government goes, you know, goes sideways on that. It just wasn't right, and, and so I applaud. Write it down, Elaine. I'm, I am. That's on, exactly on, what I'm on, doing. On February 28, 2011, I applauded the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals Doesn't for happen very a, often, a rational decision. <laughs> and, and thank you, uh, Justices, yes. for, a, for, a, for a good decision there. Mm-hmm. We, we, we appreciate that. So credit's due. Yeah, you absolutely. bet. Let's take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way, some opportunities for us. And this is a biggie. The American Red Cross with CPR Saturday, March 12th at five sites, Modesto, Oakdale, Patterson, and Turlock, and one Modesto providing all classes in Spanish. New this year, the Delta Blood Bank taking blood donations, yes, at the Modesto County Center 3 site between 9 and 1 p.m. The event open to the public, ages 8 and up, under 12, must be accompanied by a paying adult. Registration fee, $10 for the three-hour course and this is a value of $45 so this is a good thing for all of us to be a part of classes begin every hour on the hour between 8 and 2 p.m. in Modesto Oakdale and Turlock and 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Modesto Spanish language and Patterson sites participants successfully completing the course receive a two-year CPR AED certification and but wait, there's more. <laughs> and a breathing barrier keychain. I've always wanted one of those. Um, I'm serious. Yes, Mr. Al. And I'm surprised you don't have one already. Pre-registration. You <laughs> don't have a breathing barrier keychain? I, I am Mr. Al. Mr. I know. 
Yes, I, I know you are. I'm my, my daughter just got certified. Uh, that's for her wonderful. Working in, in the for nursing. Yes, ROP she thing. is doing so well. We are so proud of her. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, pre-registration by Wednesday, March 9th, and that's coming right up here quickly. Is strongly encouraged by classes. Uh, they are filling up quickly, and walk-ins are taken based on space avail- availability. Volunteers, this is where we step up to the plate. Ages 14 years and up are needed prior to the actual event uh, to help coordinate activities and process registrations and the day of the event at all sites to help with setup, cleanup, volunteer registration check-in, correct written test, clean the mannequins. Do we want to go there? I think not. No, no we're not going to go there. We're we don't want to do that We're not going to talk about not... Pastor Mike's past. No, no, because they don't let me around Recessa Annie anymore. No, they don't. And There's do we want to say why? Order, actually, uh, probably yeah. still in effect. Do we you know, want, sh- Wayne, do you want to know this? We story? should probably. Yes, explain. you do. Okay. Wayne's getting okay. out the handcuffs. I now think he says, well, probably should. I just learned about something about Pastor should. Mike here. All right, let's hear it. We're going to check his dossier here. For, for what was her name? Annie. Recessa Annie. And she didn't well, have look, any lungs after look, you got through I, well, with her. Listen, of course I was, not. Look, I was four, seven, 14 years old, 15 years old. You right? started out young, I was didn't a you? <clears throat> trumpet player, all right? Trumpet player, right? Band, marching band trumpet player. Got got lungs, okay? Got lungs. Oh, big lungs. And yeah, so they, you know, the, the, I went to the fire. I was actually going to be a law enforcement explorer in the Pasadena Police Department what? when they started the post. <laughs> and, and you had to have a CPR card. And I was sick the day they had CPR training. So they said, well, go to the fire station, and they'll give you private training. All right, so I went there with my trumpet lungs. And the fire guy says, all right, this is how you do it. You know, you hold her nose. Or, you know, you do a breath. And, and he says, all right, young man, go ahead, and, and I want you to give her a, a, a good breath. And so I'm thinking, well, it's like playing a, playing a high C on a trumpet, right? So I go, <laughs> and her lungs go, <laughs> and the guy looks at me. He says, "Do you know how much this mannequin costs?" I said, "You told me to blow in her lungs." You know. So anyway, they don't allow me around recessing. I think you cleared anymore. the room, didn't you? Well, it, it they, probably. They, they didn't allow me near fire stations I for a long time. I can understand why. <laughs> but anyway. So, Dear friends, we won't allow Pastor Mike anywhere no, near I will the CPR there, Saturday, but, okay? You're you know safe. My, but my card is running out. Right. I, I, I do need to requalify. You do. Yeah. We'll give you special lessons. But they have, okay? a, they have a red flag on all the yeah, computers around the world for no Pastor Mike. Doubt. Watch anyway, out for that guy. CPR Saturday. You do need to get involved <clears> Are you trying to finish this? I think we okay, shall. Okay. We're going to move on to the 17th annual Crab Fest fundraiser. This is going to be fun, and I think they might let you attend Do crabs this. have lungs? I don't think crabs have you lungs. You know, probably not. <laughs> they don't and have lungs, do thing. they? It's you notice I didn't major in biology. <laughs> uh, crabs have these little things, though. They go... <laughs> <laughs> Poor little thing. You try to do CPR, and they grab you. <laughs> it's not good. Mr. Al, I'll do something with him while we talk about this. This weekend, Why don't you Friday, March 4th, crab. and Saturday, March 5th, at the Howard Training Center, Whitmer Hall, Great food, entertainment, dancing, and fun while raising dollars to support services and vocational, non-vocational training for adults with mental retardation and other disabilities. Volunteers ages 16 years and older needed to help out set up both days. Uh, Volunteers also needed to assist with event prep work, assembling programs, scrubbing potatoes, 
Ooh, bagging cookies. Now I'm down for that. Uh, Howard Training Center operates three major facilities, actively providing opportunities for adults with disabilities to learn and excel in a variety of developmental programs. Great people. So, down oh, there. Awesome, awesome people. Program. We love Absolutely. that program. Also, friends of the Modesto Library. Now, if you love the library and work well with people, the little shop located inside the Modesto Library can use your help. Staffed entirely by volunteers. I love those words. The shop sells the variety of merchandise, including used books, stationery, recycled items, notebooks, pencils, tote bags, uh, children's books, and more to support the library services. Now, sales associate volunteers, ages 16 years and up, are needed to open and close the shop to help out customers with sales, to operate the cash register, check in and display merchandise, and much more. Your training is provided for all positions. Uh, currently, the shop is open on Saturdays from 10 to 1, but with additional volunteers, the hours could be expanded uh, from 4 and open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So uh, you might want to check this out. The Friends of the Modesto Library supports programs and services at the library since 1974. Do you know there are some futurists that... that they're thinking 20 years from now we won't have books it, it, it'll all be you know the online on Kimball <coughs> on, on Kimball yeah, something yeah. I, I like you know Lane's got her Bible sitting here yes. I'm not stealing it I'm just you know, no putting because I lost it once and then I found it well, I, I lost it a long, long time ago but anyway <laughs> it's a uh, story. I, I like to have the physical thing yes, you know where there are pages and you can write in it yes. and I, I can't do study and, and read I like and I'm not yeah I, I'm, I'm not demeaning that I'm just saying I, I, I can't quite you know get into that so i i love the do you remember what, what was your favorite book you have a favorite? ah my well the bible of course is my my favorite book uh, uh outside of that i have many favorites but uh, i think, think the bible is my, my my favorite written story is the hound of the baskervilles oh my yeah, okay. sir arthur conan doyle mm. sherlock Holmes, oh, and yes, yes. I don't know why I went there. I that. don't either because I'm going to give out. <laughs> why don't you give out the I'm going to give out Barbara, Barbara Borba's phone, phone number and we'll ask her what her favorite book is. And if you have I'm any sure complaints that, about Pastor Mike, just let Barbara Borba know. And maybe she wrote her own book, or maybe she should. Two zero nine five two four one three zero seven extension one one three again two zero nine five two four thirteen zero seven extension one one three and she would love your phone calls, also your emails. Borba at uastand.org. And if you have Good any questions on those, great, great, partnerships. great partnerships. We love them. And here in AVC land, we need donations of refrigerators, beds, uh, even an electric wheelchair, washers, dryers, all of those kinds of appliances for homes, for people who do not have uh, the luxury of these items, uh, people who were formerly homeless and now have homes. We uh, deliver to these people, but we would like to also mention that we need working good, clean, functioning uh, items for these homes. So uh, if you have uh, donations of these items, give us a call at 209-544-9571. Again, that's 209-544-9571, and we will uh, make those connections to where these items need to go. And if you'd like to be part of the team that delivers these items, we can make that happen for you as well because we're all about volunteering. Well, we've been waiting for this moment now mm -hmm. for some time because the PAC team, as we love these partnerships, is headed up by Pastor Mike. Did you say that fun thing that you say, you know, the man, the, the man, 
The myth, the legend, the legend. Wayne yes. Davison, right here in studio. Wayne, thank you. We know you're a busy man. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, he paid, I, you know, he took a little money for him to say <laughs> 50 bucks. You are nothing short of awesome. And you know, King of Pact, we got to witness you receive an award not so long ago. Uh, and that was just an awesome thing because you are dear to this community and as part of the law enforcement uh, piece that goes into this community and so much more. How long, Wayne, have you been a part of the parole system? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been a parole agent for 24 years. Wow. Um, wow. And the PAC team began about seven years ago, as we, as you well know. Um, thank you for the compliments. I'm very humbled by them. Well, and you work for the state. I work for the state of California, California. yes. Never been imprisoned by the state of California. Well, as a we, as a correctional officer, no, <laughs> from eighty four to eighty seven. Is that where you started? That's where I started. Oh, wow. Yes, wow. yes. That's a tough gig. It was a tough gig, especially yeah. when you're twenty two years old and one hundred and fifty pounds with boots on. So it was yeah. really difficult <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. Absolutely. What drew you to that type of work? Uh, insanity, I think. Uh, <laughs> You no. must be related to us. <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm a CDC brat. My father oh. uh, drove a bus for Muni when I was a little baby and uh, decided to come out here to the valley and started working at DVI. Oh, really? And uh, Yes, and uh, eventually uh, he retired at San Quentin. He was a production manager of industries, wow. taught the inmates how to build furniture and stuff for state colleges and libraries. And uh, he kind of pointed me in this direction. And DVI is Dual Vocational Institute. Yes. Uh, here in, in uh, the Central California area. Yes. And uh, the site where a lot of our uh, Norteño and Sureño activity first began many, many years ago. Many right? years ago. Mexican yeah. Mafia and the uh, La Familia. Right? Yes. Nuestra Familia. Nuestra Familia. And for our friends, we're always throwing the word PACT around. PACT stands for? Parole and community team. Yes, yes, yes. And and anyone uh, who has never seen you get up before the men and women who come out of the system to attend the PACT meetings, which is mandated that they attend these meetings, t just to watch you as you address the meeting, Wayne, is just special because, you know, you just have such a, a calm spirit about you. And it's just sweet the way that you introduce yourself and um, – and you explain that you have seen them as they come in, and you tell them what to expect in the meeting. And it's just its very special, the bond that you have with them. And they do. They sit there and listen to you. And uh, it's not that they think that you're one of the Huxtables. You say that, but you really aren't. I mean, you, it's just and, – and the other the, the, the other team that we'll share here tonight, our other guests, they know what I'm talking about. Because isn't it special, guys? Don't, don't you think it is the way he addresses the – yeah, let me ask yes, you about that, definitely. Wayne, because I, I paid them as well. Thank, yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. I worked 25 years in government, wound up in the fire service. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you can go so many years in, in government service, and, and it becomes kind of, you know, the job you have to show up for. And you get towards the end of that, you know, 25 years, that 30 years, and, and you're just kind of, you know, doing your time. Uh, until retirement. Wayne, you, you got such a passion for what you do and, and such a, a fresh perspective. What gives you that, that freshness? What gives you that passion for people? Because we can tell you really care about the folks in that room. You're, you're not just there to be Mr. Parole Agent. You legitimately care about them. What is it that, that stokes your fires about that and, and, and keeps you fresh every day? Well, again, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Um, 
from the onset when I first started in this career, I always uh, told myself, if you lose your sense of compassion, mm. I think you need to go on another line of, of work. Mm. And uh, I've, always, I've always appreciated people. Mm. Uh, I've met all kinds of uh, wonderful people, both in law enforcement, uh, amongst the parolee population. Sure. Um, it's uh, infinitely gratifying to see people who weren't in trouble, who were on parole, uh, rise uh, above all that and Absolutely. become very productive um, as part of the panel is here today, uh, that just gives me great pleasure because it, it doesn't take very much to lock somebody up and throw the key away. That that really is, although it can be dangerous at times, that's really the easy part of the job. Uh, but dealing with them on a personal level and trying to motivate them uh, over and over again is uh, to me, uh, a bigger challenge and more gratifying when it when it works. Well, and, and it takes that compassion to break the cycle of that what we call that recidivism rate. You know, to to come out and then and then go back with with you know your old homies and 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 fall back into the old patterns. It takes somebody with some compassion, ready to go the extra mile, who really cares about you, doesn't it, to, to break that chain? Yes, and, and I've always had this philosophy. Every time you get out, it's a new beginning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how many times you've burned me in the past, yeah. this is this is new. We're going to start over from scratch. Awesome. awesome. Let's, let's let some of our, uh, our friends listening, Wayne, know of some of the resources who join us at the PACT roundtables. We have child support there for the the parolees who get out because many of them do have some child payments and arrears. um, And and so it's important that they know that they can catch up on some of those things. Um, We have the DMV so that they can get their um, driver's license back. Who else do we have? Uh, Of course, one of our uh, greatest supporters is Advancing Advancing Vibrant Communities. Um, I have uh, a couple members of uh, Second Blessing who are with me here today. We have uh, Solidarity. Uh, recovery. We have the, of course, the Modesto Gospel Mission, mm-hmm. um, and they play host to us as well. Um, New Hope yes. uh, Recovery is there. Nirvana, which is a drug and alcohol yes. recovery program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salvation Army is always gracious with bags of food for our folks, and they offer a long-term residential program as well in Stockton. Um, and the list just goes on and Goodwill on. Goodwill and some Goodwill. of the uh, people to help them get back into the employment uh, work alliance. Yes. And some of those uh, uh, people that are there. What would you say to some of our partners who may be listening and that could offer some resources? How could we encourage them, Wayne, to become a part and, and maybe get in touch with you to become resources and join us around the table? Well, thank you to those who have been helping us for seven years. It's been a huge blessing. Um you know the old saying is going to take a village. Mm. We have a really tough mm. group with which to deal. And uh, if you want to help make our community an even better place, I would encourage you to join us uh, in the PAC program. And uh, if you need to get a hold of us, you can call me at the series parole office anytime um, if you'd like. Do we have a number? I do. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> you know, now. I called that number just a little while ago. Okay, it's I, I did. I recall five five six five zero one zero. Great. And my extension is two four seven. It was even your voice on the voicemail. Yes. yes. <laughs> Once again, friends, it's two zero nine five five six. Five zero one zero and Wayne's extension two four seven. Yes, you know from Second Blessings Clean and Sober Transitional Living Home, we have Jeanette George and Marvin Langford, 
uh, awesome, powerful testimonies, and also Sandra Chapman. And the first person of the team that I met uh, was Jeanette George. And Jeanette stands up each and every week that she's there and just uh, shares with uh, the people, the men and women who attend uh, the mandated meetings, uh, what she has to offer. And Jeanette, thank you for joining us. You were just so quick to respond and, and just so enthusiastic to be a part of tonight's program. And share a little bit with our friends, a little bit about what brought you to the packed meetings and what you're doing at Second Blessings and what you guys have to offer, if you would, please. Well, thank you for having me. Um, what brought me to a PAC meeting, I was mandated to be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, had, um, I had been sentenced to an eight-year sentence, and um, I had to do five years, and I did that at Valley State Prison. And these were for um, actually a violent crime. Um, I came out with... Um, well, while I was there, I was afforded an opportunity through a friend, through a friend to um, manage a clean and sober living when I came out. So I was preparing for that while I was in there. And mind you, I'm from the Bay Area, San Francisco. And because of my lifestyle that I had lived for up to about 30 years, I knew everything had to change, or otherwise I'd end up back in prison. So um, I made the conscious decision to leave the Bay Area behind and move to Modesto, where I knew nobody. And I moved into a clean and sober living called Second Blessings. Uh And I started out as assistant manager, and then I moved up to managing it. Well, in the meanwhile, I was going to pack meetings every every other Thursday, and I was... I utilized the services that they have, the resources that they have. I started out with Friends Outside where I right. went yes. and got um, a little bit of education. I was going Monday through Friday to learn how to answer the felony question, the haunting felony question. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> Anyways, um, and I learned how to fill out an application because I hadn't worked for so many years. And um, so I started applying jobs and I was denied a time or two and then I went to was um, it because of your your past absolutely because I was a felon yes so um working in in at the PAC meetings um and you know as you as you said it's all volunteer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I go there to encourage inmates that are parolees that come out because you know I have I have did a little research and I know that um, the repeat offenders are up in up in the area sixty seven point five percent are repeating offending and, and the reason I feel that they're doing this is because they don't have the resources. Employers aren't employing felons; they're not giving them the opportunity to stay free. What's the biggest reason do you feel, Jeanette, that Be- they aren't doing that? Well, probably fear. Okay. Fear. Um, now, mind you, I'm a, I'm gonna say I I was a violent offender. But I was afforded an opportunity working because I, I networked through the rooms of the PAC meetings. And you don't have to just go one. You can go to as many PAC meetings as you want. Mm-hmm. You can go every other week. You know, it's every other week. It's usually twice a month except for during the holidays. But, right. And there's always new resources out there. So I was networking. And I networked through uh, an individual named Dave. And he told me about a man who had um, the, owned the Sterling Marketing it's a T3 Direct. It's it's a telecommunications uh, marketing firm, and he uh, he had spoke to um, 
the owner out and he said um, that he knew a girl that was coming to the PAC meetings and was trying to live her life right. So he told me, go and apply. And if I tell you, I've been working there just under five months now, mm-hmm. that awesome. they gave me an opportunity awesome. that other people in the community wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They allowed me the opportunity to stay free. Because when we don't have a place to live, and if we don't have a place to work and earn our own income, right. we go to back to what we know. Mm-hmm. And what we know is was crime. Right. And if I tell you I've been, I was a criminal for 30 years using drugs to no, to, 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 to no end. You know, I mean, and it was just, it was going to be death for me if I hadn't been incarcerated and had an opportunity to get clean and get my mind right, get the cobwebs out, and I did that. So when I came out, I made it. I I was committed to not have to depend on anybody, but I was able to. I wanted to depend on myself in a legal matter, in, in legal ways, and, and not have to um, go through. Welfare, or, or you know, right. it, you know, getting getting uh, public services when when I knew that I was still capable of um, thinking. So um, T three Direct, they gave me the opportunity that no one else would, and I'm still there today. And I've even acquired a raise since I've been there. Awesome, you know? awesome. And so that's yes. thirty years, you know, awesome. of of drug abuse and, and usage and, and you know, loss of family and, and not showing up to all the things that I should have been part of. Today, I'm showing up. I'm being a grandma. I brought them. Amen. I was just going to ask you if you <laughs> yeah. had children. I have, and, yes. I have children. I have a couple of sons. And uh, my, unfortunately, my younger son is going, to be a, is going to be a dad, but it is what it is now. Mm-hmm. But I was able to go and bring him a crib that I bought with my own money. Amen. That I made legally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he sees know? mom in a whole yeah. different light today, doesn't yeah. he? And um, so I'm, I'm reconnecting with my family mm-hmm. now. I'm proud that I have my own bank accounts. I have yes. a checking account. I'm not bouncing checks. I'm not. Yes. I'm not stealing, robbing, conning, um, or taking even your money you have for your children. <laughs> and, and praise <laughs> God know? for so that. So my whole life has changed around, and and now when I'm 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 hoping to be an advocate for anybody who wants to make a change. Mm-hmm. We have the second blessings, clean and sober living, and it's a transitional place in. Um, we're just trying to live responsibly, learn how to live responsibly, and be accountable for our actions, our behaviors, and our futures. Awesome. So, um, and I have to tell you, um, if it hadn't been for where I working in those, in those pack in pack meetings and, and learning the resources that are actually available to us, and and uh, if I tell you also, the job wasn't on the resource list, but networking through those resources. It, it trickled down, and I got to where I needed to be. And today, I, I show up. Today, I, I don't miss work. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I had to be sent home because <laughs> <laughs> I was ill. But I had to be sent home, you know, because I I have so much sense of accomplishment awesome. today. You yeah. love what and, you do today, and it came out of those pack shows. meetings. Sure, you know, oh, and wonderful. I just encourage any, any employers that are listening, please. Give opportunities to the parolees and felons and Amen. people in recovery. Yes. They just need an opportunity to get their lives right so they don't have to go back to what they've always known will pay the rent or, or, or even if it's a hotel rent or pay for their drugs. And they don't care about eating at some points. But, you know, yes. um, people need to just get involved and, and help people that are really trying to help themselves. There's so many people that do end up reoffending because they give up hope. They don't mm-hmm. have any, mm-hmm. any hope. So we need to keep giving people hope 
to, for employment and for a future. Well, God bless you, Sister, for sharing that with us. And we can't wait on the other side of the, the song here to uh, speak with Marvin Langford and also with Sandra Chapman, the lady who actually uh, trained you for the position there at Second Blessings uh, that you have. Now, when you hear uh, John Waller's uh, song and the message in it uh, tonight, I think you'll be reminded of the familiar story uh, in Luke 15. Perhaps you've been a prodigal daughter or son in prison with bars of your own making, and maybe uh, you're not there now, or you are. But let's listen to Still Calls Me Son, and we'll be back on Lighthouse Live. Drug is named through godless places And I've no shame that No child of fish should know and I've seen pain on broken faces Beyond all thought of hope I was just too far from home Still I always
song. That's John Waller, Still Calls Me Son, No Matter Where I've Been or What I've Done. And that song just gives me chills because, you know, I think we've all been prodigal at some point in our lives. Before we knew the Lord, I, I believe that we were at just a... Uh, what an amazing song. Well, Pastor Mike and Elaine with an incredible group of people from Second Blessings and the PAC team here with you tonight, dear friends. And thank you for joining us, no matter where you're listening to Lighthouse Live. Jeanette, we were talking before the break, and, and you have something, someone you really want to thank for the opportunities that you've been given. And, uh, and we just credit, credit you. And I, you, you, were the, you used the word committed uh, a couple of minutes ago, and, and really that, that had to be one of the keys you know, for, for what you've done in your life, you you seemed like you just, you you had your focus, you know, where you wanted to go and, uh, some people, the PAC team, but also, uh, a a parole agent gave you the opportunities to succeed, uh, with that commitment. Talk a little bit about what it took uh, for that commitment. And then, uh, about this man that, that heavily impacted you. Um, I had to be committed to staying free and to changing my life. And um, Gary Bird is my pro officer here in Modesto. And if I tell you that he's a Christian man also, and he's and he's very supportive. And and I can speak to him about anything, and it's okay. Um, I uh, I feel very blessed today that I'm able to live the life that I'm living. Mm. And I, and Gary, has, he's very encouraging. Um, and I, I think uh, both for, for Wayne and, and, uh, and Gary, it, it takes that uh, extraordinary commitment to people. And, and Wayne, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that uh, when you started out, you said, man, if I, lo- if I lose my compassion for people, mm-hmm. you know, this is, yes. uh, I need to get out of the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's, that's what it's all about. Did you feel that, Jeanette, when you walk into that pack room? Did you well, feel they really cared about you? Well, absolutely, because they always call me first to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they really put me in, on, on, they put me right up there first time. You know, I, first time I went there, I was the first one to speak. And it was the first time I spoke in front of a, a pack meeting. I was very nervous. But um, I got used to it and started looking forward to it because um, I'm able to tell these parolees that I am too, no different than you. I can welcome them home and... Um, Say so you made it through the Sally Port. I did too, and this is why you don't have to go back through the Sally Port mm-hmm. going inside um, by networking, um, by I, second blessings here in Modesto um, if for the women, and we have a men's house in Atwater, which Marvin Langford is the manager of that house, and um, yeah, I, I ha- I'm able to connect with a, a parolee more so than someone who has never been incarcerated. Um, and I've seen a, a lot of faces that women that I was incarcerated with, mm. and they see me at those tables as a resource. And it's just not talk that they can make it. I'm an example that they can make it. Mm-hmm. I, I still, I still, uh, I am, have a three-year commitment on parole, and I've only been out nine and a half months now. But I'm making my time count, mm. and I'm changing my life, and I'm, a, I'm working the steps to. In my recovery, Amen. I'm working the steps in my life with my connection and relationships with my family and my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also getting um, 
some employment uh, reference, you know. I'm, I'm getting some history of, of employment, so I am bettering myself, and I'm also doing a community service awesome. when I go to the PAC meetings, and I share with them that Jeanette can do it. Know this. You can, too. There's no yeah. doubt about it because yeah, I, I was some was part of the worst of them, but I want to be part of the best of them. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you so, so much. Well, let's talk again. about yeah. Second Blessings mm. now. A great, great resource. And, Elaine, we've got uh, two folks to introduce we our audience to. We do. And Marvin Langford uh, in Atwater. You know, Marvin, when I heard you speak at the PACT meeting, it was wonderful because, as we say, been there and done that. And when you connect with others, pull yourself up close to the microphone there, brother, because when you've <laughs> been there and done that, somehow the people that you're speaking to at the PACT meetings, they know because – you just communicate with them on their level because they know you've been there, you've been through what they've been through, and when you're speaking to them, you're speaking their language, and share with us because you've got a family. Your family was very much a part of your life. Go ahead and share with our listeners the walk, the talk, your past, what brought you there, and where God has you today. Okay. Uh, Thank you first for inviting me here. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, my my past, uh, I can't say that I had a, a very bad past. I had a great family growing up in Vegas. And, um, you know, I chose the, the avenue that I took. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went through school. I went to college, graduated college, um, started getting into trouble. Nothing that ever really landed me in, into uh, prison, but I went to jail a few quick stints, 30 days here and there. And then uh, I moved here to Modesto, and I got my life on track. And I was a social worker at Colony Park Nursing and Rehab for seven years, doing social work in the nursing home. And uh, it was just one thing that I, I did, one negative thing at that job, because I have a, a passion for working with the elderly. And uh, one little negative thing that I did at work, it just trickled down. It's like it hit my spirit, and it just took me down. And I... I was always conscious and knew about drugs and, and the lifestyle. And uh, I think I did it and it, it, like, did something to my soul. And I just reached out to drugs and alcohol to run from not having to feel it. And so within uh, everything I built probably in seven years was gone in, like, four months. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it started with the same way it kind of ended. I started hanging around the wrong people, you know, um, and when that started, I went to prison, uh, got out of prison. I, I tried, a, a rehab, New Hope, uh, uh, that Wayne spoke about. I went to New Hope one time and, uh, I wasn't, I didn't want to do it. I just went just to go, but something sunk in while I was there. And when I left there, I, I went back out in the street a little while after that, you know, I think I lasted about three months. But, uh, you know, something was calling me because I kept my connection with those same people. I didn't believe and they say, you can't hang with those people. Mm-hmm. You can't contact those people. I was like, well, I can't let go of them. They love me. Mm-hmm. You know, because so long, <laughs> so long I was away and out of my family's life that the streets became my family. And I, I felt like though that was who loved me because that was the only people that I talked to. I didn't have any contact with my family, so... You know, I didn't buy a choice because I felt shame and guilt. So um, God started working my life. I started, you know, while I was out there, I was like, I really don't want to be doing this. 
you know, but I had to do it to survive, to pay the rent at the, at the motels and to, to continue using drugs. Nobody was giving them to me. So you had to do what you had to do out there. And, uh, each time something different happened, I went to jail and it was something that I should have been gone for a long time. And I like to uh, thank my parole officer at the time was Jorge Lopez. All right. And, uh, you know, he could have gave me a lot of time several times, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Each time I got, I'm not going to get into what I've done, but I got into something and I'll be out four days later. And then four days later, the next time, but I was really tired of it. And, uh, it finally happened. I was praying that I got back to New Hope. And I finally got caught for walking with another parolee. Not a, a doing a crime that I could have been gone for all those times, but just walking with just one. a violation of the, yeah. And that's right, what I right. prayed for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my God started working really in my life right then by not giving me all that time because the first time I got incarcerated, I was like that could have been ten years, and I know it because I know you know I've been in there enough to know. And I got out in four days. So he kept letting me mess up until I got, well, I kept messing up. And then he gave me the violation. I ended up back in New Hope on uh, October 1st, 09. And I went in there and I I, I jumped in with both feet. And um, I like to thank God for getting me there. Mm-hmm. And I like to thank them for giving me the literature to get me closer to God. Mm-hmm. And, uh I got out of there. I stayed in there for 60 days, and I got out December 29th. And uh, just a little story about how God, I I believe God was working in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. I was on the bus going to the movies for the first time in probably 10 years. Wow. And New Hope called me and said that SASCA, which is the funding for the parole Mm -hmm. department, New Hope called and said that they're cutting my funding. So I was counting on another three months. And when they said they was cutting it, they was like, you have to be out like tomorrow. And I didn't, I hung the phone up and I didn't, I wasn't stressed out or nothing. I just said, God going to help me. And I, and 30 seconds later, no more than 30 seconds later, somebody called me and asked me, the the man that runs uh, Second Blessings and said that he has a house for me. (laughs) No coincidences. Uh, And I'm like, whoa. And uh, so after that, I went there, and I have, and you know, I hope I don't get my props in trouble. But I wasn't supposed to go to another <laughs> county, but I had been doing so good that he just told me, "Call me when you get there." Mm-hmm. And I came, and and I got off parole that May. So I've been off parole for almost a year now. All right. And um, you know, I had several different little jobs. Um, I'm a, I'm really into NA and AA. Uh huh. And uh, I go around and I speak at different meetings around California. And, um, you know, I like giving back. You know, I'm not one to sit in meetings and and chair meetings or this and that. I like sharing my story. And uh, so as far as jobs, I had a couple of little jobs here and there. And I would go out to San Francisco and help the guy that that owns Second Blessings. And I just kept going here and there and here and there. And finally... um, God worked again because I kept praying, man, what am I going to do? I was, I'm, you know, before I would put, because I was a social worker, I don't want just any job. I got to have that. But, you know, I kept praying and kept praying and I, I couldn't even get those little jobs. So kind of like what Jeanette said about, you know, employers out there, you know, we do need opportunity. Yes. And But one thing I didn't do was give up. 
Mm-hmm. I moved out the way and let God's will start working in my life instead of trying to run on my will. Because I ran on mine long enough, and I know where I would go. Mm-hmm. So I let God's will work in my life and just start doing it. I, I can tell you, I've never been broke. I always had what I needed. I might not have what I wanted so far. And uh, the last month, I just started, somebody came up to me and just out of the blue and said, um, you want to start a plumbing company? Just me and him, and I'm the co-owner, and it's called Proactive Plumbing. And uh, we started that company, and I trained for like three weeks, and uh, now we're starting to get jobs, and, and so I'm a co-owner of a company awesome. now. I've got your business card. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, awesome. but I'm I, I'm I'm due to speak in April at a NA Chili Cookoff mm-hmm. at the Merced Lake. I just love speaking, and that's my service to give back. And I, I, the key to all of this of, of not going back to jail is not hanging with the same people. Yeah, it's a big lesson, isn't it? I do not hang with nobody mm-hmm. that I went to. I was out there with or in jail with. And you know what? It's not me. I used to think how oh, you're being big-headed. You know what I mean? But it's not. It's is in the program. It's called principles before personalities. And uh, and I like to think it's because I'm not out there that I'm starting to see a lot more of them in the rooms of AA and NA, but it ain't because of me. You know, I'm, I like to think that I have something to do with it, though. But uh, <laughs> I think it's just they, they seeing uh, good examples. You know, uh, you know, I don't go by and say hi so they can see me. I just stay away from them and just keep doing what I'm doing, and hopefully I see them in the rooms. You know, Elaine, it strikes me, uh, Marvin, as you're talking, that that God's definition of success is so so much different than ours. You know, he doesn't give up on us. And, uh, you know, looking, you you mentioned the fact that, you know, you you messed up and and you had an opportunity to come back out again and you messed up. And and, and God offers us that. And, and, And you said, you know, something sunk in. You know, even at that first uh, time that that you went into uh, to New Hope, you know, something sunk in. Seeds were planted, and those seeds don't naturally mature right away. You know, sometimes those seeds lay dormant for a while. But bam, you know, when in God's timing, when you're ready, you know, those uh, those those sowing those seeds is so important. And it's one of the things. Oftentimes in our in our modern Christianity, we we want everything now. You know, and I love In and Out Burger, but I use this example. We want like In and Out Burger God. You know, yeah. give it to me now. And sometimes we have to wait. And, and what a great thing he's he's done in your life. Also, want to talk as well uh, with Sandra, Sandra Chapman. Yes. And uh, I'm going to slide the microphone over to Sandra. Tell us a little bit about your story and and uh, what's happening at Second Blessings for you. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Pastor Mike, for. Um, giving us the, the blessing of the opportunity to speak out in hope to those out there in the community um, who are coming out of prisons and who are, are uh, coming back into this world. There's hope. Hmm. There's hope to those that endure. There's hope. And uh, also to the, the ones in the community like Wayne who are reaching beyond the barriers of your four walls with a heart of compassion to reach that hand forward and to say, you're welcome here. Mm -hmm. Same as as God welcomes home the prodigal son with his arms wide open and rejoicing at his return. Um, I have been very privileged to know Jeanette. Jeanette started working with me 
uh, a little over five months ago now. So under five a little months. under five yeah. months. And um, I, too, have had my past. In 2005, I was arrested for first-degree burglary. I was arrested for um, drugs. I was arrested for forgery, secondary commercial burglary. I was also arrested for three U.S. federal felonies for um, theft and fraud. And um, life had taken me to that, that point. Um, life without hope had taken me to that point. Um, I was... I went through Stanislaus County Jail, through San Joaquin County Jail, to Fresno County where I was sentenced, then I went from there to Bakersfield, and then I went to Victorville, and then I went to SeaTac, which is up by Seattle, um, to the federal penitentiary there. I was released um, December 28th of 2007, and was released from a house by house shortly thereafter in February of 2008. Um, because of the fact that I, I had found God and I had found a better way and I had found hope um, during that time, um, the Lord really blessed me. I didn't have to go to um, a, a recovery home, okay? Uh, and even though my mother had died while I was in prison, my mm -hmm. two children who are now 18 and 14, were out here being cared for by various family members, and it was a very rough time. I was able to come out and move in with family who did not owe me a second chance, but again opened me with loving and compassionate arms wow. and much encouragement. Yeah. And um, one month later, I applied for a job at a little telemarketing company called T3 Direct. Mm. And I've been there ever since for three years. Um, and so, Alan, Susie, I want to thank you for the opportunities that you've given to those that um, have had a history and have sought a better way for our lives. We thank you. And in the employers that are out there listening to this program right now, I would so encourage you to not hesitate to interview someone who uh, is going through addiction recovery or someone who has come out of incarceration that is looking to reach out. Uh, I have missed three days of work in the last three years, and I absolutely love my employers. Wonderful. And because of that, I was able to not um, have to look at other means to take care of myself and or my children. I have never hurt once to pay my rent, to pay my bills, or to feed my children um, because of people who reach out with hearts of compassions. The churches out there who have the clothes closets and the food closets. Mm -hmm. My church, who I found a wonderful church family there. Um, I attend Victory Life Center here in Modesto, which is a four-square gospel church. Mm -hmm. So I, too, applaud the Ninth Circuit. But because of the fact that there is so many people within this wonderful community that we live that are willing to reach out beyond themselves and and just extend a welcome and an opportunity to those of us who have had a history. Um, because of that, people are able to recover their lives and um, their goals and their dreams and do more than they ever thought possible. Uh, I just completed three years of federal parole, February 11th of this year. Yay. So, yay. yay. Yes. Yay. So I completed Amen. a burglary probation here 
a Prop 36 probation in San Joaquin County and three years of federal supervised release because I had the support of my wonderful federal parole officer, probation officer, which is Philip Henley, and, and he kept me accountable and he and kept me encouraged. And I had a wonderful employer and I had the churches reaching out to me and I had yes. the AA meetings to help me reenter socially into an environment where I was not only safe to be me, but I was also encouraged to live a different life. I didn't have to go back to the people and the places and the things like Marvin was saying, because I had new people that had hope and, and had encouragement um, that could share their experiences with me. Awesome. And so it's been wonderful, um, even to the point now to where I've remarried and my wonderful husband, Bob, thank you, Bob, I love you, has been there for me the entire time. My husband, too, has had his share of passing. He's now completed his car classes and um, is working as a, an alcohol and drug recovery counselor for Nirvana. So it, it's it's... There's no limit to what God can do with you. And as you can see with Jeanette and Marvin and I, God really is no respecter of men. He loves us all equally. Preach it, sister. Yes. Awesome. awesome. God bless you. We got about 30 <laughs> seconds. You. Wayne Davison, I want to give you the last word. Yes. Themes here, hope, commitment, compassion. What would you say to encourage people right now who may be incarcerated or family members who have people who are incarcerated? What can you say to them right now to give them hope? Um, I'm just going to echo the words of my brothers and sisters in here. Just keep on keeping on. Uh, there are a lot of compassionate people out here in the community that love you and are willing to give you the chance to succeed. God bless you all. And thank you, dear friends, for listening. Second Blessings, the PAC team, thank you for being with us. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless you, each and every one. We'll see you next time.